Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Firearms Cafe. I'm your host, Tony Brown. Today is Sunday, the 9th of December, 2012. Can you tell me what sound a rifle makes? That's right. What happens if you ever saw a gun laying on the floor? What would you, you go do? go get Daddy. Would you touch it? No. So you'd go get Daddy and you wouldn't touch it. What no. would happen if you saw a rifle laying okay. on the ground? Don't touch it. What do you do? You don't touch it. Then what would you do after that? Get Dad. That's right. Thank you. This show is part of the Gun Rights Radio Network. Podcasting freedom. One show thingy at a time or something like that. I don't know. Hey, buddy. What you got there? It's my iPhone. I'm listening to my shows. What's on here? Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I'm pretty good with computers and stuff. So you downloaded them using iTunes? No, I'm using Stitcher. M-O-O-N. That spells Stitcher. Oh. Well, how does it work? I don't know. Magic, I guess. I see. Did Uncle Pete put that on your phone for you? Yeah. I watched Spongebob yesterday. (laughs) He and Patrick were selling chocolate. Before we jump into the show, let's get our contact info out of the way. You can contact me several different ways. I have the voicemail, which is 206-745-2731. Or you can go to the website, which is firearmscafe.com. And on the right-hand side of the page is a send voicemail tab. If you click on that, it'll let you send up to a 10-minute message to me using your computer's microphone. You can also record an MP3 or a WAV file and email that to me for the show. If you're not really comfortable with audio, please feel free to contact me via email and I'll read out your comments on the next show. The address for both audio and email content is firearmscafe at gmail.com. Again, that's all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. I also have the Facebook listener page, a Twitter account, and a YouTube channel. There are buttons for these at the website as well, so please go over to the site and click on those buttons and like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and subscribe to me on YouTube. These are all free. Finally, there is the forums at Gun Rights Radio Network where I have a Firearms Cafe subforum. I really look forward to hearing from you. We did get one bit of feedback from the last show, and this is from Keith, and he writes in, Tony, I really enjoy your podcast and was listening to your last one called What to Do Now. You asked about price gouging firearms. I went into a gun store in Fort Worth, Texas, and I asked about AK-47s. It was all polymer furniture, and I can't remember what the manufacturer was, but they produce good quality firearms. It was running about $700 or so. Not so much price gouging, but supply and demand issues. This was a small gun store, and they were just about sold out of everything. It was a two-man operation, and the owner said that right after the election, their distributor told them that the firearms have all been allocated, which was a nice way of saying Bass Pro Shop, Cabela's, Academy Sports, etc. The big stores have priority on the orders, and what is left over, the smaller shops will get those. So that's what I've noticed. No price gouging, just simple supply and demand. 
Keep doing what you're doing. Sincerely, Keith. Hey, Keith, thanks for sending that in. Really appreciate it, and I hope to hear from you again in the future. On the last show, you know, I, I was asking questions about, has anybody out there really noticed uh, that the supply has gone down or that prices have really skyrocketed? And I was commenting about that I couldn't remember back when Obama was first elected how long it took before things really got to the point to where you just couldn't get it. You would go into a, a gun store or you would go online to buy magazines or ammunition and they were just out. They just didn't have it. And I, I wonder, which I was doing some more thinking about this between now and the last show. And uh, I've been going to some of the sites that I'd mentioned on the last show that uh, were some of the ammo sites. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, take a look-see at some of those again. The, the couple of uh, places that I went were SG Ammo and FireQuest. And there's, you know, Lucky Gunner and Bulk Ammo, and there's, there's tons of other places. But what I noticed over at uh, SG Ammo, which is where I like to buy my stuff from, and I have a link to that on, uh, on show number 80, uh, which, was the, which was the last show. Uh, but they have real good prices. Uh, and like I said, I found that even some of the local places here, I couldn't buy it cheaper than what I could have shipped to my house. Like, yeah, maybe it would be 2 or $3 more to buy it from SGMO. But let's say if I went to a, a gun show, by the time I drive there, you know, and if you look at, okay, what am I spending in gasoline to get there? What am I spending to get into the gun show to buy the stuff? I may be able to buy it cheaper but by the time I, I have it shipped out, it still was coming up cheaper for me. Uh, so, but what I've noticed is there's still the prices haven't haven't really skyrocketed. Which, if you if you kind of look at the, and I don't want to go into deep economic theory and stuff like that, but basically, the prices really start to skyrocket when demand goes way up and also when the supply goes way down and I think what we're seeing is that demand has gone up somewhat the supply has come down just a little bit but there's still a pretty good supply so we're, the prices have only gone up a little bit at least what I'm seeing now and, and this is primarily dealing with ammunition now as far as firearms and things like that you know like everybody else I always want more but I have pretty much Everything that I that I need, that I feel that I need, uh, I have uh, uh, firearms for myself, for my wife. When my daughter gets older, I have I have uh, she'll be able to have her own firearms. Now, what I may need to do is some of the stuff that I have uh, that 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 I would consider to be for them, especially in the case of my daughter. She may later on down the road want something different, so me we may end up selling something off. Uh, to buy her to buy her something that she wants, especially as she gets older and uh, once she kind of leaves the nest and all that kind of jazz. Uh, but anyway, going back and kind of getting back on to the availability of stuff. I've, I went to a, a local gun shop the other day. Things, things were, were priced maybe a touch higher, not much. Uh, but at least in this area, 
there isn't a uh, there there doesn't seem to be the big runs, and I don't know if that primarily has to do with at the last election people pretty much got what they wanted, uh, and 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 if they weren't able to get it in the first couple of years, once things kind of slowed down, they were like, well, holy crap, man, I I need to go out and I need to buy the stuff now, and so within the last four years or so, sometime within that period, they went and actually kind of got what they wanted. So I don't know if uh, there, now there may there's always of course new people that are coming into the culture, um, and for the most part it's an interesting thing is that once you're sort of into the gun culture and into the firearms culture, you don't really tend to leave it because what happens is if you were anti-gun before, even if you don't become, for lack of a better term, like super pro-gun or you don't become you know, what we would consider a lot of ourselves to be kind of like a gun nut. If you don't become that, at least you sort of understand that before I didn't like guns and I thought guns were the problem, and now I've gone out and I'm a gun owner, and I'm not a problem to anybody. Nothing really changed for me. So it becomes harder and harder for that person who is anti-gun once they own one to be able to buy into the fallacy that guns cause the problem because now they have a gun and they're not causing a problem. So again, once you come into the gun culture, you may not go into the deep end of it, but you really get an understanding that once you own a firearm, that owning that firearm fundamentally didn't change you into something that you weren't before. So if you were a good person before, you're still going to be a good person after that. If you were a bad person or kind of a jerk or uh, or an unpleasant individual to be around, getting that gun didn't make you any more of those things. It didn't enhance those things. So anyway, uh, again, like I said, there's always going to be new people coming in. So I think there's been kind of a steady, there's been a steady demand. And what's happened over the past four years is the manufacturers uh, both uh, in firearms and both in um, ammunition, have stepped up, and they've ramped up their production, uh, and they're producing pretty much as much as I think at capacity. I don't know if in the future if they will expand. I think they kind of will. Uh, again, just because once people sort of come into the gun culture, they very rarely will leave it which means that they may not be able to get out there and shoot as much as they would like. I know I don't. So that a lot of times, once I've bought and got laid in a good supply of ammo, if I'm not, if I, if I'm not able to go out and shoot as much as I want, I still have that. And I think that's what happened with a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people who aren't maybe involved in competition, who aren't able either to go out to... Uh, uh, outside the city limits to sort of go out into, for lack of a better term, we'll just use countryside to, uh, so in my case, it would be the desert. Another place, it might be the woods or the mountains for, you know, other people, but you're able to sort of leave civilization behind, so to speak, and go out and find a place where you can shoot or going out to the range or doing classes. If you're not doing that stuff all the time, you're not chewing up and eating into your ammo. So again, we can look back to the last four years and we could see people that maybe went out and bought five to 10,000 rounds of ammunition and laid them up, but they maybe only go out and shoot 
two or three times a year, and they shoot maybe 100 rounds. So they're really not digging into uh, digging into their ammo supply. And it's the same thing even with the, uh, you know, you can look at the people who uh, got into reloading because they, uh, they especially thought, well, holy cow, man, all this ammo is gone. And if I had a supply of gunpowder and a supply of primers and, and uh, a supply of actual bullets, I could go out and shoot pretty much all I want, and then I can come back and I can replenish my own supply because I'll pick up and save my brass. So I'll, you know, come back and reload. And uh, kind of speaking of reloading, we'll go off on a little bit of a tangent, and then we'll get back to this here in a second. I think I think I'd mentioned that one of the things that I'm going to do is as I'm pretty much going over uh, to the uh, 7.62 by 39 round, which for most people means that that's the AK round. And as you guys know, I do have an AK, and that's kind of what I'm sticking with, and that's kind of what I'm making myself familiar with as far as that firearm. So. What I'm starting to do, and I'm starting to do it slowly because it's a lot more expensive, is I'm starting to buy uh, some of the brass, actual brass ammo instead of the steel case stuff. And I'd like to get a good supply of that. Maybe, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, if money were no object, I'd like to have uh, many thousands of rounds of it. But what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to maybe try and build up a supply to where I've got about 500 rounds of that. And then I'm going to get the reloading dies and figure out what I need to do and, and to reload the brass on that. Uh, some people say, ah, you know, the, the ammo is so cheap right now. Uh, again, you know, you can get about a thousand rounds of Tula or Wolf for probably about $230, $240, even at the, a little bit of the, at, the, uh, at the higher prices that we're looking at right now. Uh, like I said, I'm still seeing stuff that's available on that. I haven't really been checking the 223 and the 556 as much. So if some of you guys have noticed a dearth in that, you know, go ahead, write in, you know, pop in an email or or uh, send in an audio file and uh, let me know what you're finding out in your area. I'd be real interested to know if what I'm seeing here is the same thing that I'm seeing in other parts of the country. Uh, so we know that in Texas, uh, they're saying that at least, you know, the couple of stores that he went to in that Fort Worth area is that they're they're kind of having a harder time getting stuff in. Uh, so I'd like to see if, if that is the is the case in other parts of the country. With the with the reloading stuff with that, I'm going to need to buy some dies, of course, uh, for the 7.62. And I'll have to figure out the uh, the diameter of, of the of the actual bullet. Now, some of those are are what you would call uh, 30, 3.08. Some of them are three ten. Some of them are three eleven. If you look again, if you're measuring the diameter of the bullet, so uh, depending on what the chamber is and the rifling and all that other stuff um, of your barrel, we'll, we'll depend on what I'm going to do. So what, what I was going to do is I was just going to take some of my old wolf ammo that I have, and I've also got some of the Tula stuff. And like I said, I've shot pretty much everything through it. Um, but I'll take some of the stuff that I have, and I guess what I'll, what I'll have to do is probably have to wait until I have you know some of the brass case stuff, and I'll pull those, 
measure those, see what they're actually shooting, and then that's what I'll have to go ahead and get as far as for the bullets and everything to, to make sure I have the proper uh, diameter and make sure, again, that, of course, it works in the rifle and all that stuff. So I'll be go ahead and die in those. Uh, I'll probably maybe stick with Lee. Um, I've had pretty good luck with their dies. Uh, I think, though, with, with those, you know, when you start to look at some of the manufacturers, any of the dies by Lee or uh, what is it, RCBS, uh, if I've got the initials right, uh, Hornady, all those things are pretty, I think, pretty decent. And all of them are, are manufactured so well now that it doesn't really matter which ones you're getting. Uh, like I said, I've, I'm partial to Lee. I've had uh, really good luck with Lee. I've also used Hornady dies, um, and I've had good luck with those. Uh, so uh, unless you guys know of uh, maybe a specific thing that not only me but other people out there that are listening, maybe that they should stay away from or, or maybe things that you've had bad experiences with in the past. Uh, again, go ahead and let us know. Hey, let's go ahead and talk about the whole Bob Costas thing. For those of you guys that don't know, he is a sportscaster that works for NBC Sports. And at the halftime show last week, he talked about the murder-suicide that was perpetrated on Cassandra Perkins by Kansas City Chiefs linebacker Jovan Belcher. And what I'll do is over at the show notes, over at the website on show number 81, I'll put a link to a YouTube video that I found of him uh, so that you can actually see his comments and, and, and listen to what he actually said. And then I'm also going to put a rebuttal of a guy, uh, Mr. Coulion Noir, as his channel on YouTube. He's a guy that I subscribe to. He had what I felt to be a very good rebuttal on, uh, on what Costas had said. Now, since this stuff is, has gone out, he, of course, has... Uh, Costas, I should say, has has gone on other things. I think he was on the O'Reilly Factor, which I, I don't watch or listen to. Um, he has gone on some other shows and basically said, you know, hey, look, what I said was right, and uh, I'm not going to back down from that. Which I I think, well, before we get into kind of what I think that means, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of backtrack a little bit. So anyway... What he basically said, again, was that guns were the problem and that had there been no guns, that both uh, Miss Perkins and Belcher would, would both still be alive and that guns always make problems worse. They never do anything. They never make anything better. And that once people have a firearm, that they somehow become different from what they were before and that that difference is never positive it's always negative so he basically supports gun control he supports probably the total ban of guns and he i'm sure he's one of these people that thinks that it's okay for the military and for the police to have guns but that the private citizens should not have guns however I'm sure he would, if he felt that he needed it, he would hire armed security to protect him or his family, and that would be that would be fine, because those people would have the uh, the permission of the state 
to be able to do that. But for you and I and for the average person out there, and especially for any type of athlete, well, there's no way that they should be able to have any type of firearm. And again, this is kind of paraphrasing maybe what he would, what he said basically in other interviews and things that I've looked at. But there's also, you know, kind of a bigger, there's some bigger points here too. And of course, I don't support what he said. I don't like what he said. He said, I think he's basically purposely spread misinformation and lies and things that he knows that are untrue to, to further an agenda that he has. But from a free speech standpoint, I do think that he had the right to say what he wanted to say. And uh, again, just like he probably, well, he wouldn't, he wouldn't care who I am at all. I don't factor into his world at all. But he may not like a lot of the stuff that I say, and he would probably want me censored. Uh, you know, he's not going to want me out there extolling the virtues of gun ownership and what being able to defend yourself and your family means. And that, I think, is going to be some of the difference between somebody like him and somebody like myself and, and most of you that listen. Uh, but you don't want to fall into the trap of he shouldn't be able to say those things because if once you once you start to say things like, well, that guy shouldn't be able to say this, and he should be censored. Once you say that, then the opposite is true. Then somebody else should be able to come in and censor you and your views. And I don't think that that is is the right thing to do. Penn Gillette, who is a guy that I agree with uh, on a lot of stuff, but a guy I disagree with on a lot of stuff as well. But basically, he said that the answer to bad speech is is not censorship, but is good speech. So the answer when somebody is out there saying things that aren't true or that you don't agree with, the answer isn't to try and get that guy fired or try and get somebody uh, to not be able to say those things ever again. But the answer is for you to go out there and to say, no, here's the truth. Here's here's the facts. Now, another thing, I and I haven't, again, been following this stuff too super closely, but one thing that I haven't heard said much, and just because I haven't heard it doesn't mean maybe that this point hasn't already been made, but if we, if you watch the video of his little speech that he gives, it's clear that it, he's reading off a teleprompter, and it's clear that what he wanted to say was was written out, and 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 that that was slotted for that time in the show. And and MS and MS uh, in what is it, NBC? There we go. That's better. And that NBC had approved that for him. Believe me, they're not going to, they control every second that goes out on, on air. They have a plan for how every minute and how every, every second is going, to be, is going to be used because every minute and every second that they're broadcasting represents to them money. It should be no surprise to anyone that NBC is anti-gun and that they would allow this. Now, some people might argue that they would say, well, gee, even if the people at NBC said, man, you know, half the audience is going to agree, even if they said it was a 50, it's going to be a 50-50 split, and half the audience that's watching out there is going to agree with what Costas is saying, and the other half is going to disagree. 
and may tune out, may, may not come back and watch our show, which means lost revenue for us. And some people would argue that they would say, well, we're not going to allow him to do that on our airways and on our show because we don't want to lose the potential revenue. But they didn't do that. So what you would have, the conclusion that you would have to come to is that NBC is willing to take a financial hit to spread their philosophy on gun control. I mean, that's really the only thing ultimately that you can come to. And again, you can see that he's reading off a teleprompter. And if we took this and if we used a different example, let's say if we use the example of abortion, and, and Bob Costas just all of a sudden started getting on there and saying that he supports abortion or he doesn't support abortion or blah, blah, blah. Do you think that they would probably have clicked over and gone to commercial real quick? Do you think that he would be on there the next day saying, oh, I said some things that are very uh, hot-button topic issues to people and I shouldn't have used that. This was not an appropriate forum to do that. Of course they would. Or if he would have gone on there and started saying, like, you know what, I hate Jews and I hate blacks. Do you think that they would have, you know, allowed that? Do you think that they would have let him have a prepared speech on how he doesn't like Jewish people or black people? Or how he thinks that women shouldn't be working or that women shouldn't be sportscasters or have anything to do in the sports world? Absolutely not. They, they would have never let that go because that, they, that's not an agenda they want to push. NBC has a clear agenda that they want to push, and most of the media out there has a clear agenda that they want to push, which is, uh, which, which is a, clearly an anti-gun one. Which kind of brings us up to the other thing of, you know, it, people are calling to boycott, you know, anything that Costas is on and to boycott NBC, and they're writing and saying that Costas should be fired or that he should make an apology, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't know. I, I think I don't want him to go on there and really issue an apology. I don't. I think it would be false. I don't think it would really mean anything. And I, number one, I don't think the guy would do it. The guy's probably got millions of dollars, so he would just tell NBC, you know what, I, I'm not going to do that. But NBC isn't going to make him do that because they they basically agree with what the things that he said. And if you look at some of the other things he goes on there, like I said, on some of the other shows that he's been on. Bill O'Reilly, and, and uh, I think he went on uh, The Last Word with Lawrence O'Donnell and uh, basically said he wasn't going to back down and that there needs to be more you know, gun control legislation. But the thing with, with you know, boycotting NBC, if, if you want to do that, I mean, I think you should. But it should it should go beyond just sports. It should you know, and what you should do if you if you feel strongly about that is you should write in to NBC. Uh, I, I'm not sure who you would write to, but you can probably you know find it online who you'd want to write to. But you should write into NBC and say, look, I'm not going to watch any of your shows. I'm not going to do this because you don't support me. Uh, you're, and it's not that you maybe disagree with, with me owning firearms. You, you clearly are taking a position on this, that you think that nobody should own firearms. 
And if, if, it, if it was a thing where you were unbiased and you said, here's side A and here's side B, I could do that, but you're not doing that. You've drawn a line in the sand and you're basically, by doing that, you're excluding me as a gun owner and as somebody who supports the right to self-defense. And then what you need to do is you also need to write their sponsors and you need to do that. Now, some people would say, well, then aren't you attacking NBC's and Costas's ability to have free speech? And the answer to that is no, you're really not. What you're doing is, is you're countering they're what you would consider or I would consider to be bad speech with good speech. And you're saying, I'm not going to support that. You can have all, you can say whatever you want, do whatever you want, but I'm not, don't expect me to support that. And again, some people would say that they, and I don't agree with this, obviously, but they would say that if somebody says something, whether you like it or not, you cannot take any, for lack of a better term, any retaliatory action against them. And they should ha- they should pay no price for the things that they say. And I don't believe that. You can say whatever you want, but there may be consequences. You can go up to your boss and, and tell him off, and you have the right to do that. And you can tell your boss that he's a, you know, a dirty, rotten so-and-so and use every curse word that you know. And then you can't, in turn, expect that, that, that your boss would want to keep you around. That person may fire you, say, well, look, I can't have you working for me. And there would be a consequence to that free speech. It would be the same thing if you went down to the, I don't know, the Puerto Rican pride parade or whatever and started screaming about how you hate Puerto Ricans. You may have the right to do that, and your right to do that should be protected to say those things. But the consequence, if you go down there, is you may get assaulted. It doesn't mean that you're, that they, the assault upon you was justified, but there's going to be a consequence for that. You know, a lot of times people will say, well, certain rights can be curtailed and certain rights can have restrictions placed on them. And what they always do is they use the example of you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. You can't, you know, blah, 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 because that's going to could incite, you know, uh, panic, which could if uh, cause people to be injured. So, of course, your rights can be curtailed, and of course there can be limits placed upon them. And this really is kind of a false argument, because when you look at that as pertains to guns and gun control and people wanting to ban firearms and ban private property, which is what firearms are, When you look at the example of yelling fire in a crowded theater and you compare it with what they're wanting to do with curtailing ownership of private property, they're saying on the gun control side that you can't own certain things. You can't own certain private property. And if you were to really cause the, and if you were really to, to, compare those two examples of of yelling fire in a theater and not being able to own certain firearms, what you would have to say is not only can you not yell fire in a crowded theater, you can never speak the word fire again. You won't be able to. 
And the only people who will be able to use the word fire is people who are employed by the state. So firemen, police officers, people in government, things like that. But people don't, they don't really ever take it to sort of that next step, to that next level. And that's what they need to do. And that's what people like Costas and people who are running NBC, ABC, CBS, hell, even Fox News, I'm sure. You know, and there's lots of people out there who I'm sure would disagree with me. But listen, Fox News doesn't give a crap about your gun rights. They're, they give a, you know, what they care about is making money. And that's what most of these care about, you know, although I think MSNBC thinks that they have a, a what's a, a niche audience or their target audience. Most people who probably listen to them and agree with their philosophy aren't going to be gun owners or think that they, maybe if they are, they think, well, yeah, there should be lots more gun control and it should be very, very hard to have a gun and, you know, an enlightened individual like myself who listens to MSNBC and, and believes all this stuff, well, of course, they're going to allow me to have a gun because I am an uh, enlightened individual and an intelligent person and in control of myself. And even if they took them away from me, well, you know, the police and the military, they'll save me, they'll protect me. So, you know, I, for them to go out and have a gun control and an anti-gun agenda... You know, you, th you think about it a little bit more, I guess. They're really not going to lose that much money. But sometimes they stumble. Sometimes they make mistakes. And I think this is, I think this may be one of them. Uh, I don't know really what the aftermath is going to be for NBC. Probably nothing. They're so big and they've got so much money. And uh, this stuff, in a couple of weeks, people will forget about it and things will go back to normal. Because, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of, and this is a uh, off topic, but it's like you know the TSA. Nobody really cries out about that anymore. I still do. Uh, I guess I shouldn't say nobody, but nobody in the mainstream media does. Nobody uh, now that Ron Paul is going to be gone. Nobody uh, who's in office currently politically is really fighting against the TSA and wants to wants to curtail them. There are some platitudes about the uh, excuse me about the NDAA and, and about the indefinite detention of uh, American says it basically means you don't get due process anymore which means uh, if you don't get due process what do you have you don't have due process the government uh, certain Enforcement agencies can come into your home anytime they want. And you can say, well, I have rights. They can't do that. Well, of course they can. They can do whatever they want. We're seeing more expansion, more grabs for power on a daily basis. Things that 20 years ago people would have immediately been kicked out of their their offices at the next election are just sort of, meh, just business as usual type things. You know, that's one of the reasons why the government wants to control, and that's why you're seeing so many of these bills that are coming to control the Internet, because they want to control the information. They want to control what gets out there. 
and uh, you know they're already in bed with most of the major networks and uh, again you know you could even say like well Fox doesn't do this or Fox and well of course they do Fox carries the water for the Republican Party and carries the water for what they call you know conservatism and all that stuff which you know eh. basically a lot of that stuff is just depending on which side of the stream you happen to be standing on who you're going to oppress and suppress if you're on the Republican side you want to suppress and repress certain people if you're on the Democratic side you want to repress and suppress certain other people and what we're finding out now is that uh, the higher ups in government basically want to suppress all the same people and they're basically taking a lot of the their orders and their marching marching orders from a lot of the same groups you know when you follow the money you see that uh, the big money basically paves the way on both both sides but anyway I'm kind of getting off on a little bit more of a political rants here so I guess the big question is you know what should you do or what do you guys think you, I mean I've kind of laid out what I think you should do if, if you if you think it would do any good is to write into NBC and tell them that you didn't appreciate them using the football game that should be basically something that should have nothing to do with politics because it's entertainment and that you didn't appreciate that and from now on you're not going to watch you know their programs uh, but what are some other things that I that you that you should do that you think would actually be effective that you think would actually maybe have a change or or do you think that there's that there that that MB, that NBC kind of like I talked about before sort of figures that they have their niche audience and and they can push their agenda as far as gun control with really no consequence because they feel that the majority of the people that watch or listen to them is going to agree with that so anyway uh, I think I am going to go ahead and call it to a uh, close for today. And like I said, I will put some of those links on the website for you. And uh, I'd be really interested to hear from you guys again on the Costas thing. Again, are you seeing actual physical guns becoming a scarcity when you go to certain gun shops? Or are they still there? So are you seeing uh, certain handguns? Are you seeing certain rifles? Uh, is it harder to get ammunition in your area? That type of thing. All right, my friends, thanks for sticking with me. I appreciate you uh, listening and I appreciate you subscribing and, and uh, downloading. I know I don't get the shows out as often as I would like. Uh, but again, know that I do appreciate it and uh, I hope to hear from you. Take care, guys. Here we go. One step at a time, don't be living on the line. I don't need a friend, I got morbid on the mind. Sunshine in my brain, making everyone complain. Radio in the heart, don't be being so strange. Think I'm losing it, baby, where you been? Everybody says that you're moving again. I don't want to